You're listening to Comedy Central. People are still today talking about Snoop Dogg smoking weed before his Super Bowl performance, which I don't even understand, like, how anyone would even go, like, this is anything of a anything to write about. But they're like, Snoop Dogg smoked weed before he's... I was shocked that Snoop Dogg ever not, doesn't smoke weed. Do you know what I mean? Because to me, that would just seem like more like a top-up. It's not like they made it seem like Snoop Dogg smoked for the first time. Like the Super Bowl was about to start. Then he's like, oh shit, cuz, let me try this. Like, this is Snoop Dogg. He's the guy of the... First, also, it's, le- it's legal, right? I think people don't... You're in California, it is completely legal for Snoop Dogg to do that. Also, he is Snoop Dogg. It was legal for him before it was legal. <laughs> That's like he's the guy of weed. Like him and weed are like old friends from way back. And be like, did you see Snoop smoking? I would be shocked if Snoop didn't smoke weed. I was actually wondering, I was like, what if we don't know who Snoop is? We know Snoop on weed Snoop, you know? Like that man has smoked so much weed that we think we know him, but what if that's not him? Like what if like we know, you know what I mean? He smokes his weed and then like he does his thing. But what if he doesn't smoke his weed? He's like a totally different person. You know, you'd be like, oh shit, it's Snoop Dogg. And then he hasn't smoked and he's like, hello, young man. Get to see you all again. And you're like, shit, why are you talking like that, Snoop? And he's like, oh, <laughs> hold on, I didn't. Shit, cuz. Coming to you from the heart of Times Square in New York City, the only city in America. It's The Daily Show, Ears Edition. Tonight, the war on books. Black athletes conquer the cold. And Hassan Minha. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. We kick things off with Russia's potential invasion of Ukraine, which at this moment in time is a little like a package sent via the post office. It could either come tomorrow or never. There's no way to know. The Biden administration says the invasion is all but certain and has warned all US citizens to leave Ukraine immediately, which I mean, you'd think would be obvious at this point, you know, but you've got to admit there's always that one person who needs the danger spelled out for them. It's dangerous, can't you see? You know, it's like the people in in horror movies. Honey, there's an evil clown at the door selling knives. I'm gonna let him in, (laughs) see what happens. But over the last couple of days, there have also been some promising signs of de-escalation. Like for instance, Russia said that it would continue negotiations and it claimed that it had pulled some of its troops away from the border. Right, that's a really good thing. And and there's no way to know why this is happening, but I will say I'd probably put some of my money on this. Just across from Russia, in the city of Mariupol, some Ukrainians are preparing. Basic training for the whole family. Learning first aid to treat gunshot and shrapnel wounds. And weapons training on a 7.62 caliber AK-47 is Valentina Konstantinovskaya. The 79-year-old is a retired accountant and a great-grandmother. I'm ready to shoot if something happens. I will defend my home, my city, my children. Wow. I've never seen someone who looks so adorable sound so threatening. When the shit goes down, I will headshot a bitch from 300 yards. Some lemon in your tea? This woman is a badass though, you know? Actually, if you ask me, I think this is a brilliant deterrent to have grannies on the front lines. No, think about it, think about it, right? If you're part of the elite Russian invasion squad, there's no way in hell you wanna get taken down by a 79-year-old woman. I mean, if that happens, 
They're probably gonna have to make something up to tell your family. I'm sorry to say your son was killed by very strong young man. Definitely not old woman who learned to use gun four days ago. Oh, and uh, just uh, one more thing. Before you get too attached to uh, Granny Rambo, the militia that's training her in that news clip, uh, well, they're, they're reportedly far-right ultranationalists with neo-Nazi tendencies. So uh, just a friendly reminder, everything you love will eventually disappoint you. But let's move on. Because while Russia is threatening to violate Ukraine's sovereignty, they're already violating the rules of the Olympics. And it's causing a huge controversy in the world of figure skating. With the world watching her every move, this morning, 15-year-old Russian figure skater Kamila Valieva is set to take to the ice, despite testing positive for an illegal performance-enhancing substance before the games. A positive drug test is going to be on the ice here in a few hours, skating at the Olympic Games. I cannot believe I just said that sentence. The IOC now saying that Valieva claims there was a mix-up with her grandfather's heart medication. An international court deciding she can still compete while they investigate further. In response, the IOC saying if Valieva lands in the top three, there will be no medals handed out until the investigation is complete. I can't believe they caught someone cheating and they're still letting her compete while they investigate more. Like, guys, it almost feels like the investigation is not about whether she cheated or not. It's almost like the real investigation here is, okay, let's, let's see what these drugs can do. Let it rip. Well, come on, let's just see. We just, well, we wanna know, right? Everybody wants to know. I also know that nobody believes her excuse, right? That she accidentally took her grandfather's heart medication, but I do. I believe her. Because I know what it was like growing up, me and my family, we always had a big bowl of loose pills all mixed together. It's an easy mistake to make. Is this one yours? I don't know. I know my estrogen has changed, grandma but I don't know. Meanwhile, everyone's obsessed with this girl and the pills, that's all everyone's talking about. They're like, this 15 year old took the pills and she did this. Yeah, everyone's focusing on, no one is focusing on the fact that her grandpa took her medication. Now he's dominating bingo at the old folks home. I will say, you know, like one of the things that shocked me about this story is that I've always pictured performance enhancing drugs and steroids for things that you need like power for. Do you know what I mean? Like, like extreme power, sprinting, lifting, brrr. I never thought I'd see the day where a figure skater would be injecting themselves. It's just like, all right, let's go! Now, a lot of people are scratching their heads. A lot of people have been asking this online, saying, why? Why is it that this Russian skater is still being allowed to compete in the Olympics when Shikari Richardson, remember her? She was kicked out of the Olympics after she smoked weed. Yeah, but apparently the reason for this, and I, I just found this out, is that one difference is that if you're a minor in sports and you get caught doping, they give you more leeway because you're young and you're impressionable and you may not be in control of what you're putting into your body. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's a pretty big loophole in the anti-doping rules. Like I'm not saying Russia had this minor take steroids on purpose because they knew she wouldn't get in trouble, but if they did do it on purpose, I mean, you gotta admit that's a pretty slick move, you know? It's the same reason drug dealers put kids out on the corner. You're like, shit, the worst thing you get is juvie, come on, man. But again, I'm not saying that Russia did this on purpose. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, don't be shocked when later this week, they use 15-year-olds to invade Ukraine. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's jump straight into our main story. And this story is about America's favorite pastime, the culture wars. Ooh, they're back, baby. You see, every few months, especially before elections, politicians in this country, they have to find a reason to rile people up so that they can drum up support and distract voters from the fact that they haven't solved any of their real problems. Yeah, I know the bridges keep collapsing and I know you don't have jobs, but we gotta focus on the real threat. People are using the wrong bathrooms. Vote for me. And what always happens is the same, right? The problems pop up, 
And then after the elections, everything's magically not a problem anymore. Yeah, like remember kneeling during the anthem? <sighs> Huge problem before the elections. Huge! Then after the elections, suddenly it's over. Mah. Even Eminem can do it. Yeah, the war on Christmas. Every year, huge problem, huge. Then the elections, and then suddenly, we can say Merry Christmas again. Oh, remember when Mr. Potato Head lost his penis? It's a problem. It's a huge problem. This is our society. We're shutting down. Then the election came, and now he's got a huge hog. Biggest one you've ever seen. Hits kids in the eyes with it. Bat, bat, bat. Mr. Potato Head's back. Well, now we're getting close to another election. So that means it's time to find out what the latest fight is all about in another installment of Culture Wars, Moral Combat! Culture Wars, Moral Combat. So, the new culture war raging across America is over books, AKA movies without the cool sound effects. Yeah, I always think the movies are better. I'm gonna read a book and then I gotta do it myself. Pew, 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 said Harry Potter. Now, even though most kids only read books in school to hide their erections, some parents and politicians have suddenly gotten very concerned about which books are available in schools. And they're dealing with this problem that they invented, by the way, in a time-honored way with a good old-fashioned book ban. According to the New York Times, the pace at which groups of parents and officials and lawmakers are challenging books in school libraries has reached a speed that many haven't seen in decades. Just since the start of the school year, the American Library Association has tracked more than 230 book challenges nationwide. Parents and school officials banning books at an unprecedented rate. Record requests to nearly 100 Texas districts found that during the first four months of this school year, parents made at least 75 formal complaints, compared to only one filed during the same period last year. A Virginia school district is pulling library books off of the shelves, and some board members say they want to burn them. I want to look at every book that you guys, a copy of every book that is brought, pulled out of, out of circulation. I'm sure we've got hundreds of people out there that would like to see those books before we burn them. They want to burn books? Burn books. We're not in the 1900s. We're living in 2022. We shouldn't be burning books. We have air fryers and microwaves and all kinds of cool shit now. We could be like filleting the books. You know, we could be lightly roasting the books, put some butter and some salt. Ooh, you taste that book now? Mmm, that's food for thought. See what I did there? But yeah, that's the situation right now. Parents across the country are trying to get books banned from certain schools, right? And I'll be honest, if I was a kid in school right now, I would jump in and use this outrage to my advantage. Yeah, the parents would all be there like, we have to get these books off the shelves. Yeah, and don't forget the trigonometry textbooks and the yearbook where I had that weird rash on my face. Burn them all. Now, I'll be honest, people. I don't know if these culture warriors have thought this through because making something forbidden just makes teenagers want it more. Think about it. Anytime, anytime parents would say something would make them mad, what would happen? Their kids would want to do it even more. Yeah, now they're gonna be like, no books for these kids. You keep this up and soon, reading books is gonna be the new dating a black guy. And look, there have always been, don't get me wrong, there've always been some parents who've wanted books pulled from schools and libraries. That's always been a thing. You know, like conservatives wanted to ban Harry Potter for promoting witchcraft. Liberals wanna ban Huckleberry Finn for using the N-word. Mockingbirds wanna burn that book about killing them. But recently, Recently, the number of books being targeted has gotten out of control. And the types of books that are being targeted now 
are very revealing. Books on race, gender, and sexuality are disappearing from school shelves. Books about coming of age and reckoning with real world problems like depression, gender politics, and racial injustice, history like the Holocaust or slavery. One Tennessee district banning Mouse, a Pulitzer Prize winning graphic novel about the Holocaust. One tells a story of school segregation to the eyes of Mexican American students. One is about the March on Washington, and two are about civil rights icon Ruby Bridges. One parent even asked the district to remove a biography of Michelle Obama, arguing the book promotes reverse racism. The district denied the request. I can't believe these people want to ban a Michelle Obama biography. It's a biography. That totally gives away the game that this is more about ginning up a culture war than protecting kids. Because once you're banning a book about any first lady, that's political. I don't care what anybody says. There's no book about a first lady that's controversial, you know? Unless maybe it's like Martha Jefferson's book, 101 Tips for Owning Slave Children Who Kind of Look Like My Husband. Yeah, that's a little edgy for the kids, but otherwise, it's pretty chill. And you can see how crazy this book banning trend has gotten, right? They're banning books about race, about gender, about sexuality, about emotions, about history. Guys, that's all books. Think about it, you, you take away all of those books and what are you gonna be left with, huh? A how-to book about making pottery? Wrong! That vase is too sexy. I also can't believe that they're gonna ban Ruby Bridges. You understand how crazy that is? You're gonna ban a book about Ruby Bridges. So that poor girl needed the National Guard to get her into school, now they're gonna have the National Guard escort her out. And look, I'm not saying that schools shouldn't be allowed to curate what books they carry. I'm not saying that. I know people are gonna say, you're saying that the schools shouldn't get to decide for themselves. No, I'm not saying, I'm exactly not saying that. But you are saying, I'm not saying that. Libraries have always decided which books are in and which books are not in. Like you can't have a Playboy in the school library. I mean, I did it, but I brought it in myself. They didn't stock it for me. They just gave me the space to read it. But I guarantee you, the vast majority of schools don't even have the most outrageous books that are on these lists. What's happening here, what's happening here is that people are finding the most scary parts of the most scary books. And then they're making a bad faith argument that kids are being bombarded with all of this stuff. So all the books have to go. And that happens even if you try and talk about books. Like if I say books shouldn't be banned, I know someone's gonna pull out the most extreme example from some random library at a school and be like, oh really Trevor, you're okay with kids reading this? And I don't know, maybe I'm not. But now we're arguing about one page in one book as if that's the story, when the actual story is people are using these books as an excuse to go after all the books that they don't like. Because again, people, this isn't about books, all right? This is about keeping the culture war going for political benefits. Right? You, you don't just have Republicans in dozens of states around the country suddenly realizing all at the same time that there are books that they want to ban in their libraries all at the same time, come on. It's happening because they think it's a winning issue, or at least they think it's more of a winning issue than Trump is secretly still the president. But I am, shut up, you're gonna make us lose. And the problem with waging a culture war instead of debating a political issue is that when people are fighting a war, they don't want to just win an argument. No, they wanna punish the enemy.
In Wyoming, a county prosecutor's office considered charges against library employees for stocking books like Sex is a Funny Word and This Book is Gay. In Oklahoma, a bill sets a $10,000 bounty to be collected by parents for each day a challenged book remains on library shelves. Texas Governor Greg Abbott called for criminal charges against staff who provide kids with pornographic books. School librarians fearing for their own safety now over books. Many of us have had to take measures in our personal lives that we never would have imagined we'd had to do because of our profession. Wow, people, are you, are you seeing this? You seeing this, like, this is the interview an insider gives when they're ratting out El Chapo. Not when they've exposed the magical friendship between a pig and a spider. I mean, think, just think about how insane things have gotten where school librarians feel scared for their safety. They've got these crazy parents coming after them on top of all the other stuff that they have to worry about on a daily basis. School shootings, COVID, their students finding out that they just made up the Dewey Decimal System to sound smarter than everyone else. This book is by Dr. Seuss. Is that under S? <laughs> no, actually, that book's in 791.45 slash 75, you idiot! <laughs> and look, man, it's one thing for parents to be upset about a, a book that their kid is reading at school. But once you offer a $10,000 bounty, think about what you're doing there. Now, you're using money to just try and stir up shit. I mean, of course, people are gonna start combing the shelves for anything that might pay out. 10 grand is a lot of money. 10 grand for banning a book is more than most authors made for writing that book. So that's the latest culture war that's tearing America apart. It's happening in schools. And who knows if it'll even stop there? Because maybe it'll start in schools, but pretty soon, any place the kids go to to find books could become a target. Hey y'all, LeVar Burton here, and I am so excited to read with you today. Our first selection is called Rosa, and it's the story of Rosa Parks who... So, as it turns out, that book is banned because reading about segregation is divisive. But since almost any book with black people these days is considered divisive, here's one that doesn't have any people in it at all. It's about two penguins and their little baby. Both penguins are boys. Well, I'm told that that book is also banned because of sexual perversion, which is weird because there's no sex in the book at all. Y'all, they adopted the baby. What do you guys want, a mommy and a daddy penguin so the kids can make sure that the penguins are knocking boots? All right, I've got one that they can't possibly have a problem with. Hop on pop. What? Disrespectful to parents. You gotta be kidding me. All right, listen, there, there are plenty of books to choose from, but you know what? No, read the books they don't want you to. That's where the good stuff is. Oh shit, they're coming. Read banned books. Woo, stay safe, LeVar. All right, when we come back, Roy Wood Jr. looks at the Winter Olympians you forgot about. You don't wanna miss it. Welcome back to The Daily Show. As you know, it is Black History Month. And as you also know, the Winter Olympics are on. So to celebrate both at the same time, here's Roy Wood Jr. with a special episode of CP Time. 
that's a nice tie. Ah, welcome to CP Time, the only show that's full of culture. Today, we'll be discussing the history of Black Winter Olympians. And I know when you think of Winter Olympians, you think of Bjorgen, Bjorn, Bjorn Dellen, and many other names that sound like Ikea tables. But not all Winter Olympians look like they walked off Hitler's vision board. Take Debbie Thomas, an American figure skater who became the first black athlete to win a medal at the Winter Olympics. She had to overcome life-changing challenges that would break the most of us. Racism, sexism, and the cold. But Debbie's persistence got her to the 88 Olympics, where she faced off against East Germany's Katarina Witt in the Battle of the Carmens, since they both skated to music from the opera Carmen, which just makes sense. I mean, what other opera are you going to ice skate to? La Traviata? <laughs> PBS folks know what I'm talking about. Our next Winter Olympian is Tofiri Kabuka, a blind skier from Uganda who in 1976 became the first African athlete to compete at the Paralympic Winter Games. 1976, it's not that long ago. George Jefferson was already in a deluxe apartment in the sky. Cool had already met the gang, and Bernie Sanders was a young 97. Still, Kabuka won five silver Paralympic medals and also scaled Mount Kilimanjaro. To cap it off, in 1996, Kabuka became the first black flag bearer of Norway, where he still resides today. I just hope that he never regains his sight and realizes that he's the only brother in that country. But sometimes you chase the dream, and sometimes the dream chases you. That's what happened to Matilda Amavipetijan, representing the nation of Togo in cross-country skiing in 2014. The crazy part? Matilda never even thought about skiing in the Olympics until her country reached out to her on Facebook. Now that there's a DM. The only Facebook messages I get are from Russian robot booty. That's how I met my fiance, Tatiana696969. Love you, baby. I'm sending my routing number shortly. And I hope that my credit cards can get you those plane tickets to America. See you soon. But perhaps the most famous black Winter Olympians are the 1988 bobsled team from Jamaica. They made no sense. Bobsledding requires ice, sleds, and intense concentration for up to four minutes, none of which Jamaicans were thought to have. But in 1987, Jamaica recruited a ragtag team of bobsledders, including 22-year-old Devin Harris, who at the time was serving in the Jamaican army. And I'll be honest in telling you, I did not even know that Jamaica had an army. Who the hell is mad at Jamaica? Friendly people, if you're mad at Jamaicans, the problem is you. Now, Devin Harris and the rest of the team were so unfamiliar with the sport that they didn't even know what bobsledding was. They probably thought it was sledding on top of a guy named Bob. <laughs> but of course, it hadn't been that way since 1942 when Bob died. Poor bastard. Anyway, the Jamaican team somehow qualified for the 1988 Winter Olympics in Calgary, Canada even after crashing their sled more times than Bitcoin. And if that went crazy enough, the team recruited and trained a fourth member three days 
before the Olympic event. That doesn't seem like a lot of training, but two days is still more training than most police officers. On the third run at the Olympic Games, the Jamaican team got into a horrible crash and they were disqualified, but they heroically walked to the finish line. It was a dramatic moment that was made famous in the 1993 movie, Cool Runnings, a movie I auditioned for, but ultimately didn't get the part because of my quote, offensive Jamaican accent. Come on now, man. You know me accent, no offend ya, man. Me grow up in Kingston, me smoke till stop, me fuck. Stop, me stop, eat stop, stop, stop. What? That was a terrible accent, Roy. Wait, wait, who's there? Who are you? It's me, man. Devon Harris from the original bobsled team. I hacked into your monitor to tell you to stop doing a Jamaican accent. You, you sound like Miss Cleo had sex with Jar Jar Binks. How did you hack into my monitor? Because I believe in myself. And if you believe in yourself, you can do anything. Well, except for you. You'll never do a good Jamaican accent. It sounds like how fake dreadlocks look. So does this mean I can't audition for Cool Runnings part two? There's not gonna be a part two. And even if there was, you know, let's face it, you don't exactly look like an Olympic athlete. Now I would say you look like you're competing to be America's next stop, Steve Harvey. So, you know. Well, excuse me, I thought Jamaicans were supposed to be friendly. All that damn weed just smoked one love my ass. I heard that. Good, I hope you did. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'm Roy Wood Jr., and this has been CP Time. And remember, well, for the culture. Now, since I got you here, tell me, have y'all ever thought about using dogs? That's a different type of sled. No, I mean, to like, to, as a teammate, to help you push. Have you ever seen Air Bud? Thank you so much for that, Roy. All right, when we come back, I am so excited because former Daily Show correspondent and current superstar Hassan Minaj will be joining me on the show. So don't go away. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is a comedian and he is a former Daily Show correspondent. He goes by the name Hassan Minhaj. He's here to talk about his stand-up tour, The King's Jester. What's going on, Hassan? How you doing, my dude? What's up, man? Is this weird for you? This is upsetting. Why is it upsetting? It's upsetting. It can't be upsetting, it's just different. This, this feeling, this vibe, feels very red table talk right now. Oh, I like it's a little bit, you, you know what I mean? Spill about your relationship? Yeah. <laughs> we can do that. You're gonna tell me how my wife is sleeping with an R&B singer? Hey, my friend, we can do anything <laughs> at this table. But how are you, man? I've been good, man, good to see you. you, you you're more than good. Like, I, can great. I tell you, it's so much fun to watch good people get good things in life, you know? Thank like, you, like you, dude, you, you were there at the very beginning of the Daily Show, my Daily Show, yes. you know? We went through the trenches together. Together. Like, where people were like, it's terrible, it'll never last, these people are horrible, they're not funny. It, we felt it all. Yes. We rode through it together. And, and, now, and, and to your credit, you didn't fire me. And I, re and I really needed health insurance at the time. <laughs> I was like, yo, this dude from South Africa is here. Heads are about to roll. I just got married. Like, I was like, bro, don't do this to me. Like, don't do this to me, yeah. And look at you now. Look, I, like, forgive me if I miss a thing. I mean, sure. Patriot Act. Yes. Multiple award-winning show. Congratulations, six Thank seasons you. on Netflix. Then you, you leave that to go and do completely different things. I mean, then, then we see you in everything from like ads to shows that are like huge, uh, the morning show, season two, congratulations. Yeah, I, saw you. You, I saw you dancing with like Reese Witherspoon. I was like, is this, am I? I was like, well. It was dope. You're not, you're not just doing TV, you're on tour again. Yes. You put out Homecoming King. Yes. Easily like one of the most innovative shows that, that anyone had ever seen. Your, your new tour now, you're doing yeah, the same thing. Same sort of thing where 
I've always liked it. The lighting design, stage yeah. design, graphics. I just feel like my brain already works that way visually. Right. And so I always loved shows that were like that. And whenever you go to the UK or you actually watch theater, you see all those elements. Oh, that's interesting. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. When, when you okay. go to, when you see a show on Broadway or you yeah. see a show in the UK, you'll see act breaks. You'll see changes of colors that so represent different. So you think different. of it as like yeah. an entire production. Totally. I've always loved the visual experience of going to see music that way yeah. or going to see theater that way. And I always thought, why can't comedy be that? Here's a question I have yeah, with up? the show. Yes. So you've got all of these visual elements. Yes. I don't want to give away like any big parts of the show, but yeah. I know you have a joke about infertility. Yeah. Your infertility in particular. Yes. Which I was like, wow. Okay, Hassan, brave. Um, so are there visual aids that go with that? No, I didn't just like show a diagram. Like, so speaking of my vas deferens, I didn't do it. Okay, okay. But it's but to me the um, what I love about comedy, in my favorite comedy is confessional. I'm gonna tell you something I'm too afraid to tell other people. So actually, the beginning like of the show that. goes back to some of the conversations we had early on. I remember Bina and I were trying to get pregnant while I was still at the Daily Show, yep. and we could not get pregnant, and it was my fault. And I wasn't telling anybody about this. And I remember you would sometimes come up to me and be like, hey man, you, like, you look a little glum, like, are you, you okay? You and Bina okay? You guys are like Indian Barbie and Ken. And I'm like, I, I know, and kind of like Ken, I, I'm infertile. <laughs> <laughs> My genitals don't work either. And that's like, a, it's, it's, a, it's a thing you carry. It's not usually talked about for most men. And yes. I, I start the, sh the show that way, fertility, fatherhood, freedom of speech, all the things that I've been going through the past four or five years. I, I, that life. jump, I don't even explain it. I just love that fertility, fatherhood, freedom of speech. I yeah. like how, yeah. <laughs> it's like, the, it's of course, I mean, of course, these things, these things go together. You're, you're a father of two though now, congratulations. Yes, four and two, yeah. Yeah, you enjoying it? Yes. <laughs> yes, it's, you know, this is gonna be public record and I, I, I just want my children to know I, it's been a thrill of a lifetime and um, it's, it's a true honor and privilege being their father. Are your kids starting to like show you a bit of your funny back to you? Yeah, they're really funny. Yeah? Yeah, my daughter is like really, really, really funny. She knows how to needle my wife and I, yeah. Like the other day she was getting into it with Bina and she knows, she knows like, look, when, when comedians will make fun of each other, we'll go, I don't like that jacket, I don't like your hair. But her, she was arguing with Bina, and she knew, I'm not even gonna mess with nouns. I'm gonna go right at adjectives. I'm gonna glit your soul. <laughs> She's like, mommy, don't tell me what to do. You're fake. Wow. And my, Bina was just like, wow. I was like, you should just make fun of the way she wow. looks. Yeah, don't, don't talk about the content of her character. <laughs> That's actually crueler than being like, I don't like your hair. But she nailed it though. Yeah, she was like, you're fake. She knew. And I was like, hey, don't, don't do that. Don't be mean to mommy. And she's like, you're projecting. I'm like, hey, well, what is happening? What is going on right now? Okay, let me tell you something this. I also want, I want the Twitterati to know. I want everyone to know this. It was so cool of you. You also were one of the first people that kind of gave me my first test drive through fame. Remember you were my Met Gala date? Oh, or yeah, I was your was Met fun. Gala date. No, 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 I was your Met Gala date. Yeah, and you go, and I remember I was being very awkward and weird. And you go, hey man, you're being very awkward and weird. You need to enjoy this. Did I say that? Yeah, you go, hey man, listen, listen. Because you could see it in my eyes. Okay, yes, that's true, you go, that's you go, true. I didn't know, you know I said awkward yeah. and weird. I, I, I think I said you look uncomfortable. Yeah. But maybe I wouldn't yeah, say you, someone they look awkward and weird. You know, you said it in a very kind way. Okay. But I, I read the subtext and you go, hey, listen, man. And this was a really profound quote. You go, listen, if you see anybody that you respect or admire, you should take a, a selfie with them tonight. You should treat f fame like a rental car. Take a spin around the block. That way when they take the car back, 
you won't feel like they're taking a piece of you. And I don't know if you remember this, at the end of the night, we saw Nicki Minaj. Yep. She was walking down the stairs, leaving yep. the Met Gala, and I was too nervous to say anything. And you go, hey, Nikki, Nikki, turn around. And you know, she was like dressed like Dr. Yep. Seuss. <laughs> yeah, I remember she turned, around. <laughs> she turned around. And you go, look, it's your cousin. <laughs> Take a photo with your cousin. And she was like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> and then she just walked off with her, with her umbrella. And I'm so glad she said no, because I would have been that cousin that had the swollen testicle because the reason why she didn't get the vaccine. <laughs> Getty Images would have been like, swollen testicle menage oh, man. is the reason why Nikki oh, did not get the vaccine. Just Getty oh. Images, my goofy you That was know a I mean? fun night. Though. That was a fun night. Before I let you go though. Yes. Radio City Musical. Radio City Musical. Five shows. Five shows. Man, congrats. Thank you, man. Like, like a thousand times. Dude, I remember like where you'd be like stressed about a show. Yes. You'd be like, oh man, is this gonna sell out? Is this gonna do this? Is it, what do you think of it? And look at you now. Yeah, man. You deserve yeah, all of it, my well, thank friend. You, man. For real, man. You're one of the funniest people I know. Uh, one of the most insightful people, just in like how you've lived, how you've enjoyed, how you've done your thing. Um, I, I do have to like relearn your name, which is weird. I'm yes. not gonna lie. Because it's like, now I feel like I'm in your family, which I think you understand. Yes. Because like all my Indian friends have like the way everyone says their name and they say their name at yeah. like work and then how their family says their name. Like, it, you, the, first the, time you hear, room, yes. the first time you hear it will be like with the dad. Yeah. So you'll be visiting, you'll be like, hey, Hassan, Hassan, Hassan. And be like, hey, Hassan, it's me, Hassan. And then it'll be like, Hassan. Yeah, yeah, and then you're yeah. like, who's that? And you're like, who's that? Yeah, and yep. now I feel like I'm like almost overstepping boundaries and I'm like, oh, Hassan. I'm like, am I trying to be his dad? Am I trying to be, you know? No, it's not that. Look, for me, it just came to this moment in my career, in my life where I'm like, all I really want to do is close the gap between who I am on Instagram and who I am on iMessage. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Now I mean, I'm iMessage me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's the when show. do we get to WhatsApp you? Yeah. WhatsApp me is, is is really wild. That's where it gets. All right. So just iMessage you. iMessage is cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like and that's this. that's what I want to show the world. You know. And, and that's, that's what, what the show is. The world. Yeah. My dude, I appreciate it. Uh, I will you. be at the show. Thank you. Congrats, man. my dude. Appreciate on everything, you, man. man. Appreciate you. So man. much fun. Thank you. Don't forget, people. Tickets for the King's Jester are available on HassanMinhaj.com. We're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Thank you, man. That was amazing, bro. There's so much, you see, it's different, it's fun. This was fun, this is actually really You fun. see? Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember, if you want to read Michelle Obama's biography in school, just make sure you hide it inside a Playboy. They'll never know. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central, and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 